You are listening to GospelBellsRadio.com, the Christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. Keep listening and invite others, too. God bless you. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ. 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 Thank you so very much for joining us again for another meeting of the Readers Club on GospelBellsRadio.com. This is Saturday, the 22nd of July, 2023, and this is another meeting of the Readers Club on GospelBellsRadio.com. As you know so well, we've been reading the book Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan, such a wonderful book, an allegory, in fact, an allegory of the journey of a Christian from this city of destruction to the celestial city so we've been following the journey of christian that man who left the city of destruction and made for the celestial city this this book is an account of the trials on the way and all the wisdom that he came across uh, today we are at chapter five studying the house of the interpreter that's what the interpreter as always uh, we are grateful to have uh, all of you who are with us okay i apologize to those right there in the virtual studio who were not hearing me but i believe you can hear me now as always we thank you all for joining us at gospelbearsradio.com if you are with us right now at gospelbearsradio.com you can uh, follow this listen to us and at the same time contribute by by chatting with us on whatsapp what you need to do is to use the whatsapp widget on our page and make your contributions uh, i'm thankful for members of the readers club who have joined us we are joined today and we are pleased to have with us dr adegbigo gwale right here in the virtual studio who will be contributing to the discussion today thank you very much doc thank you bolanle thank you sister fumbi shokoya thank you grandma s and Grandma S, we want all to wish you once again many happy returns of your birthday, which is celebrated on July the 19th. God bless you, really good. We also have our dear brother Shewi Dele here in the virtual studio, our dear sister Sabia Seka, and our dear sister Domi Afolabia Jani. Thank you all for joining us in the virtual studio. We have a permanent hymn for this study. Our permanent hymn is We Are Marching to Zion. We are marching to Zion. So I'm going to invite us all to sing that song now. And after that, we'll invite one of our brothers to say the opening prayer. We are marching to Zion. That's our permanent hymn for uh, for this study. For this study, we are marching to Zion. So we're going to we're going to sing that together now. And after that, we'll have the opening prayer. And after that, the story so far. The story so far. Sister Fumishoko will lead us in the story so far. Okay, are we ready now?
Come we that love the Lord And let our joys be known Join in a song Join in a song with sweet accord And thus surround the throne And thus surround the throne We're marching to Zion Beautiful, beautiful Zion We're marching upward to Zion The beautiful city of God City of God Let those refuse to sing Who never knew a God but children of the heavenly king, but children of the heavenly king, their joys abroad may sing, their joys abroad to Zion. Beautiful, beautiful Zion, we're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Now we sing number four on our screen. Number four in the pamphlet we have. Then let her songs abound and every tear be dry. We're marching through Emmanuel's grounds. We're marching through Emmanuel's grounds to fairer what's on high, to fairer what's on high. We're marching to Zion, to beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. One more time, we're marching to Zion. Yes. To Zion, to beautiful, beautiful Zion. We're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Amen. We are marching to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Okay, our brother Buffin Badmus, you said the opening prayer, but is be read. We should, have, we should keep him in our prayers, and we hope that he'll join us tomorrow. Uh, let me invite uh, Dr. Adikbe Gogwali to lead us in the opening prayer. Doc, uh, can you do that right now? Okay, good. Thank you, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Good, good. Shall we pray together, brethren? Okay. Father, we thank you very much for bringing us together again to learn at your feet. Thank you, Lord. As we read together the book. Pilgrim's progress. Thank you for bringing us this far in the journey. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for every chapter that we have read before now and the insights that we have received by the Spirit of God. Thank you, Lord. Take all the glory, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Ask, Lord, that as we proceed in this journey of faith and of learning, we ask that you will open our eyes that we may behold wondrous things out of your law. Amen. 
we shall never remain the same again by reason of the encounters that we shall have in our readings and our discussions today. Amen. At the end of everything, let us have every cause to bless your name. Amen. Everybody who should be joining, Lord, bring them here and draw them by your own grace. Amen. That they may be part of the blessing that you are so richly prepared. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for answered prayers. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for our brother, Badmos, who has been bereaved. We ask in the name of Jesus that the comfort of the Holy Spirit will be his experience and that of his family at a time like this in Jesus' name. Amen. I will say, I will not leave you comfortless. Mm -hmm. I will come to you. Let him have an experience of you coming to him at this time. Amen. And let him be truly blessed. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for answered prayers. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. 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 Thank you so very much, Doc. God bless you real good. Okay, our opponent memory verses for this study. Can we all read together? Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain. Are we all reading together? Abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. First Peter 2, 11. The next one, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, we are assured of them, embrace them, and confess that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Hebrews 11, 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Matthew 7, 13 to 14. Very good. Okay, let's keep these verses in mind and by the grace of God, I hope that we will all have committed them to art by the end of this of this study. Uh, Sister Fumbi, are you around to tell us in brief the story so far? Well, yes. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Thank you very much, ma. Okay. okay so, from the city of destruction yes right yes so the last chapter we read yes is that it yes please okay okay so we had um the city of destruction we read about a man called christian mm. and um he had with him a precious book that we believe to be a bible yes and he also has a burden mm-hmm on his back. Yes. And each time he reads the book, he wept uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. Um, when he got, um, in this chapter, when he got home, and even though he tried to pretend as if nothing has happened to him, mm. which was short-lived, he couldn't but call his family together to let them know, to share his experience with them. Yes what he found out from the book he has read. But his family thought maybe he had too much that day, he was stressed, and they thought, okay, maybe he's tired, mm-hmm. and he should encourage, they encourage him to, to go to bed. Perhaps by morning, he'll be better. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, 
the night was worse than the day, mm. the previous day. So by the time he woke up in the morning and they were asking him how he felt, he said it was worse and worse. Mm. And so they, and he tried to convince them of his experience, yet they wouldn't listen. They became so cruel, harsh, and they thought that perhaps he doesn't know what he was saying. So they just ignored him and abandoned him to himself. So because of this, since his, even his family will not reckon with his experience, he kept to himself. He was still burdened by what he read in the book. And but that did not deter him. He kept on reading and praying, even praying for the family that this day to I see the light, have an experience of what he went through. If, when he gets to work, even at work, it's the same thing, the same thing, the book okay. that he's always having issues with, always reading and seeing himself mm-hmm. that it's not what, um, what the book is telling. It's not, it's not it's, a replica of what he read. Exactly. The book, the, the so book said to him to flee the city of destruction. Yes. Okay. So the book, you know, and for him to do that, to see this, uh, well, he got a revelation from the book that he has to leave the city of destruction because destruction was coming upon that city, mm-hmm. and the only way out is to leave. And this was what he was trying to communicate to his family, yes. which they wouldn't, you know, listen, listen. to okay. him. Okay. So he had to, he had to run, mm-hmm. and he was troubled in the process of, in the moment of his trouble, he met a man that is called an evangelist. Okay. And um, the evangelist asked him why he was crying because he was troubled and he didn't know what to do. So it was the evangelist that guided him and explained what to him do? a bit of what he was experiencing and how true the destruction was going to come upon the city. So the only way out was for him to flee so, and he also has, he had a burden on him, mm. which was also weighing him down. But the only way out is for him to get to the destination where he was looking at, forward to uh, getting to. So he left that city. Mm-hmm. And while he was leaving, everybody in the community, his family, his neighbors, they were trying to discourage him from leaving. They were trying to persuade him not to embark on that journey, but insisted instead of him listening to them, in fact, he had to block his ears from their from their voices so that they would not discourage him. So he left. And then I think that was that was the first chapter. And then the second one it was obstinate, followed by um by obstinate employable. These are uh, his neighbors too. Mm-hmm who were like others trying to convince him not to go. So they decided these two neighbors of his decided to to run after him, to pursue him and convince him to turn back. Yes. By the time they got they they caught up with him, they said they tried to convince him and he said, No, this thing I'm convinced about is real. Destruction is coming to that city. And the only way out 
but he's to leave. Mm -hmm. So he tried to convince his two friends, his two neighbors. He wouldn't listen mm -hmm. at a point, um, obstinate as Left. his name was um, almost convinced by Nassau. Okay, even this place you are going, what is it all about? That you want to leave all this place, yes. all this thing that you have, all your comfort, your mm. family, everything that you are enjoying, to this place they are talking about. What is this place you are talking about? Who told you about it? He said he read it from this book. From the book. The same book he was holding. That's the Bible. Okay. And obviously it was like nonsense. What rubbish are you talking about? It's the same thing others have been saying. Exactly. You have gone due to you have gone to look into this book. This okay. book that you know they close their judgment and they lose their mind. They don't know what they are saying. Okay. So, okay, so, so, so I want us to move the summary faster. So Obstinate left. Okay. And then Plyable stayed with him. Left, then Plyable continued with him. Mm -hmm. He was convinced that there was truth in what um, Christian was, was saying. saying. Yes. So they went together and it was while they were moving, they were discussing. And Plyable became more interested mm -hmm. and said there must be something in this in this uh um in this place in this, yeah, this celestial city where you are going yes there must be something in it so i'm interested so they went together while they were discussing they fell into they, the swamp they, of despond they fell into the swamp of despond so when they got to the swamp of despond they fell into the bog and while they were struggling to get out flybable was able to Unfortunately, he was close to his house and mm -hmm. uh, to his home, so he left and said, "If this is where you are saying you are going, and we've not even gotten anywhere, the first thing we are experiencing is this: this one the this counter one. trouble. We don't know what lies ahead. Mm -hmm. It's me. I cannot follow you." So he just left him, and Christian had to embark on the journey by himself. While he was trying to to swim out or to get himself out of that. Bog, mm. he was able to do that far away from his home so that he will not be um, discouraged to go back. Mm. In the process, he he got out. He was able to get Some, out through the help of help. Uh, help Somebody appeared uh, to him. The man, <laughs> Mister Help. Yes, as the, the name implies, lifted so him out of the Mary Clay, out of the bog, mm. and was mocking him that how did you get yourself into this? Okay. Eventually, at least he helped him out and. Yeah. And told him and to he continue was able on the to journey. Come out of the of the bog. So from there, he told him his story. What it was, um, how he got to how he got to that point, and where he was planning to go. Mm. So, uh, so uh, Elb told him that well, uh, the Lord has been trying to get that that swamp part of the way but people keep falling into it yes uh-huh so after so, that um, christian, christian met so uh, mr wally wiseman yes. sorry i said after that christian went on his way and met mr wally wiseman yes christian now went and met mr wally wiseman mr wally wiseman was trying to discourage him mm. was trying to discourage him was trying to discourage him from going to the on that narrow gate that he shouldn't go through that why should he go through that that's a better that way he's filled with so many problems mm. and what have you so he said okay let me if you will listen to me i will give you the right direction a short a shortcut to 
to wear uh, to, to get to, have to get rid of the burden. Yeah. So he he now directed him to um to the house of Mr. Morality or le legality. legality. Yes. Legality that yeah uh, in the village of morality. Yeah. That we, there's Mr. Legality there and his son morality. is also there. Civility. We meet with civility. Mm. We meet with um and other um, people, and basically, he told him that in that city, he won't have to travel the narrow way. He won't have to be falling into, into the swamp way, exactly. of that one. He will get rid yes. of all, his all, all this body will be lift, will be removed exactly, and he will have he will have easy life. Yes, and, and Christian was persuaded. Christian was persuaded. He went to that place, but he found that yes. the hill was so was challenging. He couldn't climb it. It was like it was going to fall on him. Yes, until the evangelist so got to him. Was, and told him to go back to the narrow to, to go to the narrow path. Mm. Yes. So so la last week he got to the narrow gate, right? Yes. And at the narrow gate, uh how many times did he knock before he was admitted, before the gate was opened? He knocked severally. Severally. And then the person who opened the gate, what did the person do? Something the person did something uh striking. He, he pulled him he, in. He pulled him in. Why did like he pull him he in? Yanked, there was a sudden yank. He yanked him in. Why? And Christian was surprised that, ah, why should he do that? Mm -hmm. And it was because of... Uh, Beelzebub. Uh, Beelzebub. And, and his host. Like who were camped outside. Yeah, trying to shoot in arrows at those who gate. want to go into the narrow gate. Yes. Exactly. There's a gate where you have... Where... Um, they try to prevent people from going to the narrow gates. Exactly. So, so that was why he was yanking so was that he will not be, he will not be stopped from entering the narrow gates. Exactly. And the man who yanked him in goodwill then said to him that before you continue your journey, I want to send you to a house, the house of the interpreter, to learn some things before mm. going forward. Right. Yes. Exactly. Thank you so very much, but thank you very much for that summary. And that's a comprehensive one, starting from the very chap very first chapter to where we stopped last Sunday, where Goodwill said to Goodwill said to Christian, I'm going to send it to that of the interpreter. There you're going to learn uh, some things. Now, this is one of the lengthier chapters of this book. So what we're going to do today is that uh, we are going to discuss as we read. So uh, our dear sister, Volanle Babalola, we read uh, today. But what we're going to do now, we're not going to read uh, the all at once. We read we read different portions and then discuss them. Uh, we already have people who have agreed to discuss different parts of this book. Now, this, this chapter is a chapter that we have to all pay attention to, and I, and I invite you all to patiently pay attention because uh, this is one of the most important portion of the of the of the book in the house of the interpreter are uh, the things that every every pilgrim must know as we take our steps as we continue to journey on so Bonale, are you ready now yes i'm ready so uh, i have to stop where i see the red line absolutely right? absolutely Absolutely. Okay. Are we all ready? Uh, for uh, our listeners at gospelbestview.com, there is a PDF on our page. Just follow the PDF. you find the text already there. And for those of us here in the virtual studio, we have it, we have it on the screen. Okay. Volanli, well, over to you now. 
the house of the interpreter. Then Christian began to prepare himself for his journey. Goodwill told him that when he had traveled some distance from the gate, he would come to the house of the interpreter, and knocking at the door, he would be shown some valuable lessons. Editor's note, Bonia portrays the interpreter as an emblem of the Holy Spirit. Christian then said farewell to Goodwill, who in turn bid him Godspeed. Christian traveled on until he, be he came to the house of the interpreter, where he knocked again and again. At last, someone came to the door and asked who was there. Sir, answered Christian, I'm a traveler who was told by a man named Goodwill to come for help. Therefore, I would like to speak to the master of this house. So the servants called for the master of the house, who shortly came and asked Christian what he wanted. Sir, Christian explained, I have come from the city of destruction and I'm going to the celestial city. I was told by goodwill, the man who stands at the narrow gate, that if I came here, you would show me some lessons which would be great help to me on my journey. Come in, in invited interpreter, and I will show you some of the profitable things. Okay, yeah, thank you very much. So I want us to pause a bit there uh, to uh, to reflect on two lessons. Here we find Christian knocking again and again. Almost uh, the same thing, uh, what happened to him at the narrow gate, where he had to knock uh, multiple times before the door was opened. And let us remember uh, what our Lord said in Matthew 7, 11, when uh, he compared uh, human beings, men and women, who, being evil by nature, give good gifts to their children. Our Lord said, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? To those who ask him. So we can always take, uh, we can take uh, encouragement that when we ask and keep asking, we are going to receive. We are going to receive from our good Lord. It's a good Lord. And uh, look at the expression of the interpreter there. He said that it would show him what profitable things profitable thing and that's what we get when we go to our lord and savior jesus christ you remember what we read from proverbs 8 30 32 33 remember now therefore listen to me my children for blessed are those who keep my ways hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain, disdain it so when we go to the lord what we are getting from him will be instructions to be wise, to be wise. Profitable things. Again, uh, the psalmist, Psalm 119, open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. So I love that expression. I think we should pay attention to it. Uh, the Holy Spirit saying, come with me and I will show you profitable things. If we will spend time with the Holy Spirit, if we will spend time with the Bible, if we look to God and not look to uh, every other thing in the world, we find that what we get from studying the Bible, from uh, from giving room to the Holy Spirit will be profitable things. These are profitable, uh, profitable things, not only for this world, for our journey in this world, but for uh, for the world to come as well. So um, uh, we are stopping there. We are pausing a bit there just to ask us to underline that expression, profitable things. That's what we get when we look to the Word of God, when we listen to the Holy Spirit. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Very good. Okay, well, let's continue. Interpreter commanded the servant to light a candle and bid Christian to follow him. So they proceeded to a private room and opened the door. 
Inside the room, Christian saw a picture of a very serious man hanging on the wall. Editor's note, Bonia portrays this man in the portrait as an emblem of a godly pastor. The man in the picture had his eyes lifted up to heaven, the best of books in his hand, the law of truth written upon his lips and the word behind his back. He stood as if he pleaded with men and a crown of gold hung over his head. Then Christian said, What does this picture mean? Interpreter explained, The man depicted in this picture is one in a thousand. He can beget children and nurse them himself when they are born. And as you see him with his eyes lifted up to heaven, with the best of his books in his hand and the law of the truth written on his lips, this is to show that his work is to understand and unfold difficult things. Similarly, just as you see him stand as if he pleaded with men and also notice that the word is cast behind him and the crown all hangs over his head, this is to show you that he likely values the things of the present world because of his love and devotion to his master's service. Such a one is sure to have internal glory of his reward in the world to come. I show you this picture first because the man whom it portrays is one who the Lord of the celestial city provides to be your guide in the difficult situations that you may encounter along the way. Therefore, pay attention to what I have shown you. Lest in your journey, you meet with someone who pretends to lead you along the right path, while in reality, their ways leads to death. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. Okay, we'll pause a bit here. So, you know that in this chapter, the interpreter uh, told Christian about seven different stories or illustrations. And this is the first one, the, 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 uh, the story or illustration of the picture of a serious man. I want us all to discuss uh, what we think is important here. Just bring out uh, take away point from here. But leading our discussion will be our dear sister, Sister Biodion Seka, for the picture of the serious man. Good evening, sir. Uh, good evening. Okay. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Yeah. yeah. Um, from the outline given to me earlier, mm. the question is asked, who? Who is the man? This serious who man. Who is this serious man? Yeah. Yes. The serious man, I believe, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And the interpreter we have been told is the Lord Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. whom we have been told also um, that he will, he will lead us into all truth. Mm. So it is not surprising that he's leading Christian into the truth into the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ mm. being available in the work of our salvation. Our salvation, okay. Okay, so uh, as, as the... So, go ahead, mm. go ahead. No, you can ask your question, sir. Okay, okay, so I was, I was going to say that looking because, at the, um, okay. the, the depiction of this the man, the illustration that, yes. mm -hmm, as a serious man, uh, if you look at that that yes. paragraph, see, it, 
okay, where is it? Okay, the man in the picture had his eyes lifted up to heaven. He had the best of books yes, in his hand. Lifting up his eyes to heaven. Mm. That illustration shows us that um, if we look at Psalm 121, verse 1 and 2, mm-hmm. that where does my help come from? My help cometh up from the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. that um, it's, um, it's looking unto God. Anytime we look up to heaven, it actually shows that we are looking unto God, mm-hmm. who is the author and finisher of our faith, who is there. It's a sign of prayer. Mm. It shows that we're listening. We are asking, asking God for God help for something. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that in that picture, I would see it as that he's um, taking on his role as an intercessor, okay. pleading for the souls of men. Okay. The best of books in his hand, I believe, is the Holy Bible and the law of truth written upon his lips. He is the truth, mm. the way and the life. Mm. And the law of truth written upon his lips is the word of God, the commandments of God, mm. the truth of God. The world behind, even from the, the, the book, we've been told that it shows that his, um, he has cast the world behind him mm. and that it shows that he lightly esteems the things of the world mm. and um, he's, he's no longer looking onto the glory, but he's focusing on the world to come. Heaven, right, yes. Mm-hmm. And they, the, the, and as we see that he's pleading with men, yes. he's telling us that he is the resurrection and the life. He's the only way to heaven. He's pleading for our souls that we should come to, through him mm-hmm. because he's the only way, the, he's the only way, the truth and the life. He tells us that yes. in his word, in um, John eleven twenty five says that I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even though he dies. Mm-hmm. And in John 14, 6, it says, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So it's pleading to us not to look elsewhere, but to look unto him because he is the only way to the Father. To the Father. Thank you. Yes. Th- thank you very and then much. The crown of gold on his head <laughs> shows that there's an eternal reward awaiting us also okay. if we if we if we follow his um, path just as his he has precept. received the crown mm. because he completed his assignment mm. the practical aspect of all this the way we can we can we all can um, follow him is to do just what he has done what also he has done. Mm-hmm. And um, take him as our mentor, our savior, okay. and do all that he's asked us to do, so that at the end of the day, we too will receive our own crowns, also. Okay, thank you so very much, Sister B. So the uh, what I take away from what you have said is it, is that you have the clear picture of Jesus Christ firmly fixed uh, in your heart, and there is a sense in which yes. there is a sense in which we see godly preachers in the mold of Christ, in the mold of Christ, and that is why you know that in some denominations they call pastors the under shepherd. Christ is the shepherd, and priests. And vicars and pastors, they are actually under shepherds, people who are acting in the stead of Jesus Christ, you know, uh, in the midst of his flock here, here on earth. Uh, if you look at this text uh, clearly, this, this man is depicted to be a preacher, a preacher in this world. Yes, like a but if you look at the last paragraphs, mm. it says that I show you this picture first yes. because the man whom it portrays 
is one who the Lord of the Celestial City provides to be your guide mm. in the difficult situations that you may encounter along, along the way. Yes. Therefore, pay attention to what I have shown you less in your journey. You meet with some who will pretend to lead you along the right path. Well, in reality, I believe that the Lord of the Celestial City is God. Why, well, yes. No, and the no, no, one I, that we I, I, I fully get your point. You know, and that's why I said that uh, there are a lot of similarities between Christ himself and those who are preachers, who are the under shepherds. Uh, if we look at this, and, and I love that we can we can all discuss. And this is open for us all to discuss, which is which is fine. And again, I repeat it. It shows that you have clearly in your heart the ministry of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And maybe that's even a a, uh, a, post for, a, a point for us to reflect on, uh, that those who are in the ministry in this world should fully mirror mirror the ministry, the ministry of Christ himself. Uh, in this picture, the interpreter said, this picture is one in a thousand. The man depicted in this picture is one in a thousand. And that is why we are persuaded to think that he's, he's a, a godly preacher, because he's one in a thousand, if you look at that other that, 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 um, paragraph, it's one in a thousand, holding the book in his hand, having the word behind him, and then having the law of truth written on his lips. And these are signs that we should look for, I would say, in godly preachers, so that we are not led away. You, you look at people who, 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 who come forward to us as, as pastors, as, as godly preachers, you, you look and say, look, is this person always looking up to heaven, calling on God, on God for help? Is this person always holding the best of the books in his hand? That's the Bible. Does he rely fully on the Bible? Is the law of truth written on, on his lips? When, when he speaks, is it always the law of truth? Uh, does he have the word behind his back? Or is somebody who is, who is part of the word, who is preaching worldly doctrines? And is he always pleading with men uh, for repentance? Is he always looking forward to the crown of gold on his head? Brush you want to say something? Go ahead, Basio. Yes, sir. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, good evening, sir. Good evening. Yeah, so um, the man that was showing the picture. So your connection is a bit poor, but, but, but okay, keep on. Go on, go on. Okay. okay Even be. for the last paragraph, yeah. he said, I show you the picture first. Mm. Because the man whom it portrays is one who the Lord of the celestial city provides to be your guide. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is the one who gives the guide. Mm -hmm. And the, the guide in quote is the pastor. And like um, Barista just said, mm -hmm. under shepherd. Yes. Jesus is the shepherd, but he also gives us shepherd. Two scripture comes to mind on this. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15 says that, I will give you pastors after my own heart to yeah. guide you and to feed you. That's Jeremiah 3, 15. Mm. Then another scripture that came to mind was the parable of Lazarus and the rich man. After death, the scripture says that the rich man was begging Abraham that the angel should be sent down yeah. to help his brother discover the truth. And he and Abraham said, if those prophets and pastors that are on earth cannot convince them, cannot help them, then mm. even if angels are raised or the dead are raised, they will not also answer. So um, the pastors, are, the responsibility of pastors actually is to guide the flock of the Lord. Exactly. 
Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for giving us that portion from uh, from Jeremiah. And I think that you say I mentioned this earlier on the way we can marry the two. Uh, that in, in fact, this this reminds us of how we can we can understand and maybe even evaluate uh, the role of godly preachers. We look at this, uh, is their ministry uh, molded after Christ? Are they in the mold of those pastors uh, given by the Lord to follow in his own footsteps? We are following the footsteps of Christ who, uh, who have their eyes lifted up to heaven, looking to God at all times for help, who, whose ministry is based on the book, the Bible, who have the law of truth on their lips, who have the word behind their back, they are not preaching worldly gospel, and who are always pleading with men and pointing men to that crown hung over their head. Thank you so very much. This is a beautiful discussion, and I think we have lots of takeaways from here, right? Okay, let's move on. We can always come back to this if you have takeaways from here, right? Okay, thank you very much. Okay, but let's go to the next, uh, the next area. Then... Then interpreter took him by the hand and led him into a very large parlor, which was full of dust because it was never swept. After mm. Christian had contemplated this scene for a little while, the interpreter called for a man to sweep the room. When he began to sweep, the dust began to, to so thickly swirl around the room that Christian began to choke by it. Then Christian said to a maiden who stood by who stood nearby, bring some water and sprinkle the room. After she had done this, the parlor was then swept and cleansed with ease. What does this mean? Christian inquired. Interpreter explained, this parlor is the heart of a man which, which has never been sanctified by the sweet grace of the gospel. The dust is his original sin and inward corruptions which have defiled the old man. Mm-hmm. He who began to sweep at first is the law. The maiden who brought and sprinkled the water is the gospel. You saw that as soon as the man began to sweep, that the dust thickly swirled around the, the room and became even more difficult to cleanse, nearly choking you to death. This is to show you that the law, instead of cleansing the art of, from sin, does in fact arouse sin giving greater strength to it and causing it to flourish in the soul. The law both manifests and forbids sin, but it has no power to subdue sin. Again, he saw the maiden sprinkle the room with water, upon which it was cleansed with ease. This is to show you that when the gospel comes in the sweet and precious influences thereof to the earth, then I say, even as you as you saw the maiden subdue the dust by sprinkling the water with water, just so is sin vanquished and subdued and the soul made clean through faith and consequently fit for the king of the glory to inhabit. Thank you very much. So this is the second story, the story of the swept room. Let me call on our there and Auntie Yomi show, uh, show me to, uh, to lead us in discussing this. Are you available, ma? Yes, I am. Okay, Praise thank you, ma. Hallelujah. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. I identify with this uh, part of this story. Mm-hmm. In the sense that um, after we become born again, mm. like in the story, the Christian, 
Christian had the gospel, he was convicted and he believed. And on his journey, he met the evangelist. And to most of us, I don't know about others, but I know that um, when I became born again, I there wasn't any mentor. And I've learned that even when you are discipled, there's no mentor. Mm. And uh, because there's no mentor, so many things happened on the way. Now to come to this story of the swept room. The room. Like I said, I identify with this story. Because when we come to Christ, we all come with our bodies. We come with our baggage. We come with a lot of things. And um, so most of us, we just think, okay, I said the sinner's prayers, and that is it. Mm. I'm born again. What next? I speak in tongues, and that is it. And that's why I mentioned the mentorship part of it. Okay. And the Christian got into that place with all the things that happened to him anyway, he entered and he met the interpreter. And the interpreter took him to that room. There was a light. The interpreter said they should do what? Light a candle, I think. Yeah, to the or yeah. something. Aha. Uh -huh. Because the light, the Bible says the light of the knowledge of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. It brought shone in our hearts. He who said, let there be light. So that light came in when we became Christians. And after the light, then there was a dust and went into that room and uh, there was dust. And I believe that the dust represent all our baggages, all our fears, all our hurts, all our pains, all our struggles. And, uh, okay, how do we sweep it out? Is this my self-effort? I'm a thief. I will not steal anymore. I lie. I will not lie again. Um, I live a world life. I won't live it again. Is it by my ability? Is it by my, <clears throat> excuse me, is it by my strength? And that's, to me, that was the sweeping. Mm. But then, the interpreter said, okay, you, you can see that the man, the Christian almost choked. Mm, exactly. Almost choked because our bodies are baggage. Everything that we carry, mm. they were heavy on us. Exactly. And, uh, okay, I wanted to say see? that as you continue, just a moment, but as you continue, we just so bear in mind how the interpreter himself uh, interpreted that part of of the text talking about that difference between law and grace oh no I, I, yes i'm coming to that okay, okay. And that's why i mentioned the what ability to drop all these things mm -hmm. ability is it your personal self ability to be able to 
you know, I will not do this again. I will not do that again. Mm. And um, the interpreter, you know, choked. Yes, we were born again, but the burden and everything that had happened to us, the wounds in our souls, you know, mm. and all those things, they are choking us. And the interpreter now said, okay, Sprinkle somebody, sprinkle yeah. water, yes. Yeah. And he said, sprinkle water. Uh, uh, and, and that water is when what? The water was sprinkled, it was easier to do what? To sweep. To sweep the room and clean and, it. Yes, to sweep the room and the dust, you know, didn't actually spread again and things like that. Exactly. And for me, that water is the word of God. Because uh, even in John 3, John 3, 5, I think, Jesus said that you cannot enter the kingdom if you are not born of what? Water and the, and the Spirit. In Titus 3, he's talking about washing of rebirth. The washing of the water, water of the word. Washing us. Because the Holy Spirit is already there. The interpreter exactly. will know is the Holy Spirit. Thank you. And the law mm -hmm. kills. The it, law cannot save. The law, as holy and as good as the law is, the law kills. If we remember when the law was to be given, you know, on the mountain, right from Genesis, right from Genesis, mm. grace has always been there. Yes, but we didn't know it as grace. Exactly, exactly. Okay, it okay, for our time. Okay, sorry, man. Just yes. for our time, since we still have many of these, okay. let's just get to. So, yes. so I, okay, I just want to say something. Okay, very quickly. It was that grace that made the God to kill the animal to cover Adam Absolutely. and Eve. Absolutely. It was that grace that even when Cain complained about uh, his judgment, that it was too much for him, that God said, okay, I'll put a mark on it and reduce it. Exactly. And, you know, but then when the law came, the children of Israel made a, a mistake because they told Moses, whatever God told us to do, we would do. And God mm. said, okay. <laughs> and do you know that people before the law came, before Moses came down, they've already broken the law. Exactly. They've already made the calf and everything. Mm -hmm. and, what a, and at that day, 3,000 people died when Moses came. The point I'm making is that the law kills. The law kills, Nobody exactly. Yeah, the law kills. Absolutely. Nobody can sweep the law. And that's what the, if you break one, you are broken all. Absolutely. Okay. And then and then we see grace. Coming in. Grace. And, 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 and doing the work so perfectly. Doing the work yes. so perfectly. And, and as you spoke, it came to my mind that we can see clearly uh, the nexus between this illustration and what happened to Christian when he stood at the at the door of the of that city, that city of legality? He looked at uh -huh. it. The man was about to fall on him because, uh, as Paul wrote, that uh, moreover law entered that the offense might abound. Wherever there is law, offenses will abound. The sting of death oh, is yes. sin, and the strength of sin is the yes. law. And that's what we, the strength of sin is the law. What yes. gives sin its strength is the law. Wherever there is law, there will be so much sin because you're always in dread. Have I, have I broken this? And nobody can keep up the law. So as the, as the man, as the room was swept, 
uh, without uh, the water wetting it, the the dust uh, the dust rose so much so that it was choking. It was choking Christians, and, and that should remind us that the way to salvation is through the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ alone. There is no other way. So now, this is a reminder of what happened to to Christian when Mr. Wadley Wise uh, wanted to mislead him to go to the city of legality. There is no other way. It is only the grace of Christ that can cure sin. Nothing else. Law will only make sin abound even more. We only underline it, uh, make it even more known, make it even more prominent, and then the person who is bearing the burden will be pressed down uh, the more, the more. But again, you know what, what the apostle wrote, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So, so I think the illustration here reminds us, and uh, the interpreter was trying to remind Christian to point him that the way to salvation is through grace alone. Don't ever, don't ever uh, try to, to rely on the law or the works of your hand or some rules, so to say, for, uh, for salvation. Yeah. Okay, we can always come back to this for those who have uh, more insight on this. But let's go on with the text. Let's go on with the text. Burnley, next one, the next illustration. I saw moreover in my dream that the interpreter took Christian by the hand and led him into a little room where two little children sat, each one on each one in his own chair. Mm -hmm. The name of the older one was Passion and the name of the younger one was Patience. Passion seemed to be much discontented, but Patience was very quiet. Yes. Then Christian asked, what is the reason for Passion's discontent? The interpreter answered, the guardian would have them wait for their best things until until the next year. Mm -hmm. But Pasha wants everything now, while patient is willing to wait. Then I saw that someone came to Pasha and brought him a bag of treasure and poured it down at his feet, which he grabbed up and rejoiced in. And in doing so, he laughed, he laughed patient to scorn. But I saw that in a short while that passion had squandered everything away and had nothing left to him but rags. Mm. Then Christian said to the interpreter, Expound this matter more fully to me. Interpreter replied, These two lads are symbolic. Passion is a symbol of the person of this world, and patience is the symbol of the people of the world which is to come. As you see here, passion will have everything now. That is to say, in this life just so are the people of this world they must have all their good things now no. they cannot wait until next year that is until the next word for their portion of good that proverb a bed in in hand is worth two in bush is is of more authority with them than all the scriptures testimonies of the value of the world to come but as you saw that passion had quickly lavished everything away and had nothing left but rags, so will it be with all such people at the end of this world. Then Christian declared, Now I see that patience showed the best wisdom, and that upon many accounts, first, because he waits for the best things, and second, because he would have the enjoyment of, the, of these good things when passion has nothing but rags. Interpreter replied, true, and you may have another reason, namely, the glory of the next world would never end, but this earthly enjoyment will, will be suddenly gone. Therefore, passion had no reason to laugh at patience just because he had 
is good things first. As patients will laugh at passion because it would have it would have these best things last. It therefore who has his portion first only has this present life to spend it. But he but he who has his portion last will have it everlastingly. Therefore it is said of the rich man, you in your lifetime have received your good things, just as Lazarus has received bad things, but now he is comforted and you are in agony. Christian stated, Then I perceive that it is not best to convert present earthly things, but rather to wait for things to come. Interpreter responded, You said the truth, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are unseen are internal. This is so because present things are, and our fleshly appetites are such near neighbors to one another, and also because worldly thinking and things to come are such strangers to one another. Okay, thank you very much. This is the third illustration in this chapter. Okay, Sister Deomi, what can we learn from there? How can we apply uh, the lessons here to our own pilgrimage? Okay, good evening. Good evening. Yeah, thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Okay. Um, the um, the Holy Spirit gave us um, gave to Christian in this um, illustration. We see two children, which um, the older was um, called Passion and the youngest was called um, Patience. Just like the name implies, we all know that um, Passion is um, when you have um, true desire for something or when you have um, powerful emotion or strong feeling about something. And while patience is um, when you're willing to wait calmly and be diligent. Now, this illustration, you see that Christian was sure that passion and pa- what, what passion and patience represent. We see that passion was discontent. He was not satisfied and patience was very quiet on the other hand. Now, the guardian was ready to give them the best of things, which are yet to say. But we see that passion was not patient enough. It wanted everything. No. And um, down in the passage, too, we saw that he was given a bag of treasure. But within a twinkle of an eye, everything, he squandered everything. But yeah, what are the practical things that we can actually take from these two um, um, illustrations, mm. as in passion and Patience. It's a passion represents men's longing after the things of this world, while patience represents things longing for things that are yet to come. Mm. It's a passion refuses to wait, but patience would always trust the guidance of the Holy Spirit. But passion can be said to represent those that live for this world, those that live for, for the now. Exactly. They are not being mindful of things around them. But while patients represent those that have their hearts conquered, you know, by the grace and then subdued by by God through mm-hmm. the help of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You see, People in this category are ready to wait for the best thing to come, yes. as in those that are patient. Mm-hmm. And what are these best things to come that we are talking about? We are talking about the eternal life that God is promising to us, the things that are not of this world, because things of this world will definitely fade away. 
But yes. at the long run, you see that patience attracts happiness. When we talk about happiness, we're talking about true happiness, true joy that comes from God. True patience can help us to achieve goals that um that that we cannot achieve by our own self. You know, we when we it makes us to have positive behavior to situations around us. Exactly. And it will definitely make us not look at things of of this world. Things you know, so world. we must be ready to apply this to our daily lives. Because yes, we see that this illustration was given to Christian. But how do we apply it to our daily life? We see that we are always in a hurry for everything. We want to have everything at the back and call. You see somebody that just planted, like somebody starting a business, somebody just planted a seed. The person wants it to germinate. At the same time, wants it to, to, um, uh, um, to grow and invest it at the same time. Same so time. we see that we are not patient. We are not patient. We are not ready to wait on God for this best thing to come and you know and we are not we we ignore the promises of god and the warnings of the scripture he says some men will even say that seeing is believing and they run after the worldly things and they will not they are not ready to be patient for anything we should be mindful also of the riches of the world Mm -hmm. which appears enticing it appears enticing it seems the riches of the world can um answer all our needs but there is more to this than life because the things exactly. of the world can be can be gone within a twinkle of an eye. Mm-hmm. We could remember what happened in some time in Nigeria when the, there was flood situation and flood took over some parts, their buildings, houses, everything yes. went down the drain. Yes. You can imagine if their hope and their and 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 their and their and their possessions, their hope is in their possessions. Exactly. What we didn't need to. Thank it you. can live it can lead to heart attack, heart failure, and some exactly. even stroke. Exactly. You know? So we should always live by the word of God. And you know, the Bible also tells us in Matthew six there about it said we should not lay up treasures for ourselves on earth. Exactly. They can be destroyed. By, by but rather we should, what? we should lay up our treasures in heaven. In heaven. In where, heaven. Where thieves cannot break Which, in, moths cannot destroy. Exactly. 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 Thank you, Domi. Good, and good. it says where your treasure is. There your heart will be is. also. So, and um, definitely by the end, we saw that with all this, finally, of course, um, um, patience, passion was laughing at patience initially. Mm-hmm. But at the end, we actually yeah. saw that it was patience that was laughing because it was ready to do what? To waste for the best things to come. Thank you so very much. Thank you so much. And I love when you emphasize that this is a reminder that uh, we should not focus on the here and now. Here and now. I think that's one of the major uh, teachings of our Lord, uh, that we should focus on heavenly things. Remember when he said uh, to that man, he said, the life of a man does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Uh, the secular culture would say that mm-hmm. oh, the yardstick for everything is whether there is profit to be made. And and then yeah. people who are not on truly on the narrow path, they look at it. What, what blessings are there for us on this narrow path? If they are not the blessings we can grab here and now, the things we can see here and I'm not interested. And those would be people in the mode of passion. They say, look, the blessings we want from mm-hmm. following Christ is to have those things now, 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 the blessings of this world. And you know, even when our Lord was, was tempted, he was tempted, although the devil was lying to, to with all the glories of this world. But of course, I, I mean, 
Those are not the heavenly promises. Those are not the heavenly treasures. And on our Christian journey as well, we'll be tempted with all those things. I take all the glories of the world and then abandon this place. But we should not be like patience. We should be like patience who is... Uh, pardon the tautology, patiently waiting, waiting for the promise, uh, for the promise itself, and not looking at the things which are seen, the things which are temporal. Uh, you mentioned that you know floods may destroy them, thieves may steal them, even if floods don't destroy them, even yeah. if even if uh, thieves don't steal them, these are things that are going to be destroyed by the elements in the final analysis. And when when exactly. life is gone, when life is gone, those things are. Exactly. Those things are already separated, no separated use. from their owner in any case. So let us remember yeah. uh, that life does not consist in the abundance of one's possession. What would a man give in exchange for his soul? What? Nothing. Nothing. So and let us bear in mind that the promises uh, of of our salvation, uh, they have to do with the heavenly reward uh, than with earthly, earthly treasures. Thank you so very much. So we have looked at all these illustrations. Yeah. First, uh, the interpreter saying to Christian, focus, I mean, they're telling to Christian, you must know how to identify godly preachers. Second, you must be reminded that salvation comes by grace, not by law. Law will just uh, make sin even more choking for you. And now third, we, are, we read of the interpreter reminding Christian, reminding Christian to be patient for the promise. He said the, the actual promise, and that the actual promise uh, does not consist of earthly treasures, not earthly treasures. No, that's not what our Lord has come to promise us. Good. Okay, let's go to the next one, Bernalee. Then I saw in my dream that the interpreter took Christian by the hand and led him into a place where a fire was burning against the wall. Someone was standing by the fire, continually throwing great amounts of water upon it, attempting to quench it, yet the fire burned higher and altar. Mm. Then Christian asked, what does this mean? The interpreter answered, this fire is the work of grace, which is operating in the heart. The one who cast water upon it, designed it to extinguish and put it out is the devil. Now I will show you the reason why the fire burns iron and altar in spite of all the devil's efforts. So the interpreter took Christian around to the back to the back side of the wall, where he saw a man with a jar of oil in his hand, which he continually but secretly cast onto the fire. Then Christian questioned, What does this mean? The interpreter answered, this is Christ who continually with the oil of his grace maintains the work already begun in the heart. By this means, notwithstanding all the devil can do, the souls of his people are graciously preserved. And in that, and in that you saw that the man stood behind the wall to maintain the fire. That, that is to teach you that it is hard for the tempted believer to see how this works of grace is maintained in the soul. Mm. Well, I mean, a deep, deep teaching there. Brasho, can lead that discussion here. All right. Uh, good evening, everyone. Good Thanks evening. for the privilege to do this. Mm -hmm. uh, for the want of time, I would have loved that we sing the hymn, Amazing Grace, How Sweet Thy Sound. The sound that saved the rich uh, like me. Amazing yeah. grace, how sweet the sound that saved the wretch like me. 
I was lost, lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Yes. All right. The first issue we should learn from this, number one, is that the greatest force in the life of a believer is the grace that saved us. Number two is that being saved brings us into a battle, either we are aware of it or not. not. And the battle is the battle against our faith. The battle against our faith. And the devil is the one really launching that attack. You see? When the devil makes the child of a believer die, or whatever he does to a believer, just as he did to Job, mm. it is not because he is or the job the person lost or the wife the person lost or whatever. It is that he is interested to defeat the faith mm. that is at work in the soul of that believer. Because he understands that if he's able to get down a believer in the soul, or if he's able to capture the soul of a believer, then he has captured the believer's mind. You know, Jesus, uh, Barista quoted that, that if a man loses his soul, what do you do in SG? Mm. So there is a contention. The contention of the devil is to, you know, defeat our soul to defeat our soul and to defeat our faith in christ but the joy that we have is that the salvation the, the salvation we came into by grace or the grace that brought us into salvation mm. is the force of that grace is greater than any attack the devil wants to launch at us exactly so we as believers we must learn to to find a shield and a solace in that place. Hmm. Uh, another thing, you know, that also came to mind about this is the scripture, Mark 2, chapter 16. Okay. Where the Bible, Jesus was asking the disciples, Who do people say I am? Hmm. And you know, they began to say different things. But when Peter got it right, Jesus said in verse 18, yeah, verse 18, he said, Are we? Build my church, and the gate of hell will not, not prevail against it. Now, the building of the church Jesus mentioned was not structure, but the believer. So, and Jesus said, the gate of hell will not prevail, meaning that the gate of hell will actually launch an attack against a believer. But will not prevail. But the grace that saved us has the capacity to preserve us, mm-hmm. such that the devil will not be able to prevail against us. You know, this is what many preachers want to communicate in this dispensation, but unfortunately, they, they preach hyper-grace, saying that it doesn't matter what you do, you know, you are still saved. Actually, if they teach that matter of grace correctly, they will be right. Mm. But in a way, because they are, stress, they are stressing they are, they are stretching rather a truth at the detriment of another truth. They fall into fallacy. And so what we are pointing out is that 
actually there is a contention, but the grace that brought us into salvation, the force of that grace is greater than the attack of the devil, exactly. and which is our arch enemy that the scripture warned us against in First Peter chapter five verse eight. Mm -hmm. I want to round off on this because you know when the person who read this, uh, you know, was done, she signed the deed. Then yeah, she yeah. She read that for yeah. That is to teach you that it is hard for the tempter, tempted believer to see how this work of grace is maintained in the soul. Exactly. So meaning that if we actually want to sit to to do <laughs> to talk on this matter, we will not go. But I want to conclude on uh, with a scripture. I'm going to read it through. From Zechariah chapter three, verse one to hmm. seven, the prophet, that it's vision. just a ten verses scripture. I'm going to just read it quickly. Then we can take up from there. And what I'm pointing out is that the the force of the grace that brought us into salvation is capable of preserving us to eternity. Hmm. Uh, he said, and he showed me Joshua the high priest standing yeah. before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to restrict him. Remember the scripture in Revelation 12 verse 10 described him as accuser of brethren, mm -hmm. accusing us day and night. Day and he night, said, yes. and the Lord, verse 2 now said, and the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke thee, yes. O Satan. Even the Lord that had chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? Mm -hmm. Meaning that is a Christian is somebody that have been plucked out of the destruction. Remember John chapter 3, verse 16. Mm. Verse 3 now says, For Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and yes. stood before the angel, and he answered and spake unto those that stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garment from him, and unto him he said, Behold, I have caused thy iniquity to pass from thee, mm. and I will clothe thee with, with change of raiment. And I said, Let them set a fair mitre upon his head. So they set a fair mitre upon his head and clothed him with garment, and the angel of the Lord stood by. And the angel of the Lord protested unto Joshua, saying, verse 7, which is crucial, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, if thou wilt walk in my ways, mm -hmm. this grace that is provided, yes. if we will sustain it, if thou wilt keep my charge, then thou shalt also judge my house, and shalt also keep my court, and I will give thee places the to portion. walk among these that stand by. Exactly. So we, it, it's a matter that is, <laughs> is much to express. But I, I know. I know. Know that it cannot be sustained outside the source. Exactly. Nothing can be sustained outside the source. So if grace brought us into salvation, it will take grace to sustain us Absolutely. on this journey. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And, and, and as you spoke, I, I received a message here on WhatsApp, Grandma S, saying, uh, I mean, another, another, another verse from that hymn, Amazing Grace, it is grace that brought me safe this far, and grace will see me home. And and, and that sums it up, uh, that it is grace that brought us to Christ himself. But as we read last week, uh, Beelzebub and all his agents will be flat, they will be, uh, they will be throwing uh, the, their darts at us, but the grace that has brought us safe this far will surely see us see us home thank you very much for emphasizing the the, the importance of grace there it is the grace of god that sustains uh second corinthians 12 9 my grace is sufficient for thee that's what the spirit said to 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 to, to paul and then i also love that uh 
benediction from Jude, uh, Jude 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. And truly, he's able to keep us from falling, notwithstanding all the arrows of the enemy thrown us at, at us. And, and that's what we should, uh, I think that's the lesson that the interpreter was trying to pass on to Christian there, that as you go on in this pilgrimage, don't be surprised that there will be darts from the from the enemy. Don't be surprised that there will be moments when uh, it will appear that your fire will go off. We are hard-pressed on every side, right? But we are not we are not crushed. We are perplexed, not in despair. There will be times like that, but you can be sure that there is somebody who is always, who is always supplying oil. Supplying oil. I mean, you will be surprised as well, I think if we should, as you mentioned, if we should ask everybody to share uh, their testimony, you will find that we cannot conclude it. You find that when you think that you are out, uh, you find the strength coming from nowhere. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ who continues to supply us without oil, who continues to supply our fire with oil and we can continue to burn. Thank you so very much for that thorough one. God bless you really good. Thank you, Grandma S as well. Okay, let's move on. I saw also that the interpreter took Christian again by. Okay, sorry. Okay, go ahead. I saw also that the interpreter took Christian again by the hand and led him into a pleasant place where a stately palace was built, which was beautiful to behold. At the sight of which Christian was greatly delighted, he saw upon the top of the palace that certain people were walking who were clothed in in all in gold. Then Christian inquired, may we go in there? Then the interpreter took him and led him towards the door of the palace. And behold, at the door stood a great company of men, just as desirous to go in, but dared not. A short distance from the door sat a man with a book and a pen at the table to write down the name of any who would enter therein. Christian also saw that in the doorway, many men in armor stood to guard the, the palace from intruders. Christian was somewhat bewildered at this. At last, when every man stood back for fear of the armed men, Christian saw a man who looked very determined, determined. come up to the man at the desk saying, write down my name, sir. When the man at the desk had finished writing, Christian saw the man draw his sword, put a helmet on his head, and rushed towards the door to the armed men, who battled him with deadly force. But the, but the man, not at all discouraged, started cutting and hacking most fiel- fiercely. So after he had received and given many wounds to those who attempted to keep him out, he cut his way through, he cut his way through them, and all pressed forward into the palace. Then there was a pleasant voice heard from those who were within the palace saying, Come in, come in, eternal glory, you shall win. So he went in where he had clothing with the same garments as those inside. The Christians, then Christians smiled and said, I think I truly know the meaning of this. Now Christians said, let me continue on my journey. Not just yet, said the interpreter, until I have showed you a little more. And after that, you may go on your way. Okay, thank you. So, so this is the illustration of the stately palace, the stately palace. Uh, Sister Esther, are, are you still, yes, Sister Esther, are you available to lead our discussion here? Yes. Yes, I am. Yes, good, sir. good. Thank you. Yes, sir. Um, reading about the stately palace is mm-hmm. 
mind. Um, we see here that for for the first time, I think Christian saw something interesting, hmm. seeing that people were clothed in gold. At least that was exactly. an, an encouragement for him. So, it, 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 so before now, he has, he has been seeing depressing things, you know, scary things. Exactly, <laughs> very exactly. encouraging things. Yeah. But the people in gold was sort of an encouragement mm-hmm. to him, and at least that one made him very excited, made him want to go in. Mm. But while reading that, one thing I just, the aim I remembered is it's not an easy road. Exactly. It's not an easy road. That, traveling to that heaven. way that leads to heaven, it's not an easy road at mm. all, because despite people close despite the fact that Christians saw that um, people were clothed in gold, it, uh, they earned that clothing. They earned it. And Yes, they earned it. And we see the man, one of the men here to the, the, the book told us that he was determined. He was determined to, to fight through. Hmm. And that's why the Bible also told us that we should... Um, um uh, i forgot this okay um walk out your salvation with fear and trembling with fear and trembling mm. there is there's a work we have to do mm. but just like uh the last speaker told us it's not about us it's the exactly. grace of god the grace and of that god. is why um apostle paul said that i can do all things through, through christ, christ who strengthens, that strengthens me. me and here we see that um, just like in the book of Ephesians chapter 6 that says we should put on the whole armor of God. Exactly. The man guarded himself with his sword, mm-hmm. the sword of which is the, the word, word of, of God, God, the ailment on his head, that is the ailment of salvation. salvation. And we are told that he rushed. Mm. He didn't stay there. He didn't wait for the battle to come and meet him. He faced he the battle. Mm-hmm. And he, desperate, he got so many scars, he got so many things, yet... At the end of it, so he defeated them. We saw people ab- applauding him, people mm. telling him, Come mm. in, come in, eternal glory, you shall win. Mm. I'm not sure at the time he, he, he decided to fight that war, the battle. I'm not sure he even had in mind what he was going to receive. Mm. He was just determined to, to fight. So, in this journey, as, as on, on, the, on our journey to heaven. There are so many battles we will fight. Mm-hmm. And of course, we will have scars. We will have scars. Yes, we will have scars. We will have to tell. Mm-hmm. But at the long run, we have a Savior that will tell us, welcome my faithful servant. Good and faithful servant. The Lord will help us. Amen. 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 I mean, th- thank you so very much for that thorough analysis. And uh, as, as you spoke, I remember there is a portion from Revelation 21.8. Uh, he said, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, many others, they'll be consigned to the fairy lake of burning sulfur. The cowardly. Uh, those, the first mention there in that category will be cast into the lake of burning fire. The cowardly, those who refuse to rise up to fight the battle. We are called to fight and uh, fight we must, fight we must, and we must, and we can win the day only uh, in the strength in the strength of God. Remember that's under him. So it's always a funeral hymn. Who are these like stars appearing? These before God's throne will stand. Each a golden crown will. And then the answer, who are, so they are those 
These are they who have contended for their Savior's honor long, wrestling until life was ended, following not the sinful throng. These who well the fight sustained, triumph through the Lamb have gained. So uh, when uh, the saints appear in glory, some people will ask, who are these people? They will answer that they are the people who contended, who fought, you know, for the Savior's honor. I pray the Lord will give us the grace uh, to rise up to the occasion. And the only way we can rise up to the occasion is to be reminded that there is somebody behind who is giving us oil, oil for our lamp, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You also mentioned this hymn, It's Not an Easy Road. And the first uh, stanza of that hymn sums it up. It's not an easy road we are traveling to heaven for many are the thorns on the way. It's not an easy road, but the Savior is with us. His presence gives us joy every day. So this, I think this fifth illustration is a reminder for us not to be cowardly. Not to be cowardly. We must rise to the occasion uh, being, being uh, assured that uh, he who has called us is faithful, and he will give us the victory. Thank you very much. That's very beautiful. Thank you very much. God bless you. Okay, we're almost through now. Two more illustrations. Be patient, and then uh, we will be there. Uh, Dr. Gumale is on standby to lead us in the next one. Okay, Bonale, let's read the next illustration. So you took him by so the hand again. So you took him by the hand again and led him into a very dark room where a man in an iron cage sat. Now this man seemed very sad. He sat with his eyes looking down on the ground, his hands folded together, and he sighed as if his heart were breaking. Christian asked, what does this mean? The interpreter then told Christian to inquire of the man himself. So Christian asked the man, what are you? The man answered, I am now what I was, what I once was not. Christian responded, what were you once? The man said, I was once a fair and a flourishing professor, both in my own eyes and also in the eyes of others. I once was, as I taught, headed for Celestial City and had joy at the thought that I would get there. Christian further questioned, well, what are you now? The man responded, I am now a man of despair, and I'm locked up in despair, as in this iron cage I cannot get out. Oh, I cannot escape. Christian then inquired, but how did you get into this miserable condition? The man in the iron cage replied, I stopped watching and being serious. I let my worldly lust reign. I sinned against the light of the the light of God's word and his goodness. I tempted the devil and he has come to me. I have provoked God to anger and he has, he has left me. I have so hardened my heart that I cannot repent. Then Christian asked the, the interpreter, is there no hope for such a man as this? Then the interpreter said to the man, to the man in the iron cage, is there no hope? You always, you always, be kept in this iron cage for despair? The man replied, no, there is no hope at all. Interpreter responded, why should you have no hope? Jesus is full of mercy. The man in the iron cage answered, I have crucified him afresh. I have scorned this person. I have despised his righteousness. I have counted his blood and as an unholy thing. I have insulted and disdained the spirit of grace. 
Therefore, I have shut myself out of all the promises, and there's no, and and there now remains nothing for me but threatenings, dreadful threatenings, fearful threatenings of setting judgment and fearly indignation, which shall devour me as God's adversary. Interpreter then asked, "For what did you bring yourself into this dreadful condition?" The man responded, "For the lost." pleasures and profit of this world in the enjoyment of which i promised myself much delight but now every one of those things bites me and now me like a burning worm interpreter then questioned but can't you now repent and turn back to god the man answered god has denied repentance to me his word gives me no encouragement to believe yes he himself has shut me up in this iron cage not all the men in the world can free me. Oh, eternity, eternity! How shall I grapple with the misery that I must meet with? That I must meet with in eternity. Then the interpreter said to Christian, "Let this man's misery be remembered by you, and and be an everlasting warning to you." Well, Christian said, "This is most fearful. May God help me to always watch and pray." that I may shun the cause of this man's misery. Sir, is it now time for me to go on my way? Interpreter replied, Wait until I show you one more last thing, and then you shall go on your way. Hmm. Well, as Christian said there, yeah, this is most fearful, dog. Hello, sir. Can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Well... Thank you very much for the opportunity to share with us tonight. Always a pleasure. To be honest, to be honest, mm. it, it felt to me a portion of prayer rather than of talk. Mm, you know. Because I tell you, it's self-explanatory. Exactly. And but but because you asked me to make a few comments, mm. I will. But I tell you, it's a place of prayer mm. that all of us must come to. Yeah. For we shall be deceiving ourselves. If we cannot recognize ourselves in this in this profession, absolutely, yeah, and that is where the Lord is bringing us. Mm -hmm. the The first problem of this man was that he was a professor, mm. a man who could say much, mm. a man who knew so much, a man who had made his convictions known, a man we can even call a hearer of the word, but a man who stopped being a doer exactly and began to do other things, and that's the basis of backsliding. Because the man we see here today is a backslider in heart. In uh, Proverbs 14, 14, Bible says a backslider in heart. is full of his own ways. And so all the other things that began to come up in his life, the losts, they were the, the blocks, mm. the, 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 the rods with which he built his own cage. The lost became the prison. Exactly. As a matter of fact. And uh, will I deceive myself that no lost assails my soul. Mm -hmm. Will I begin to lie to myself that there are no challenges that bedevil my way? No. So I see myself in this man and I'm asking myself, as you also should be asking yourself tonight, what is the cage mm. that I am constructing for myself? Mm. Is it my love of fame, my desire for power, my, my want of recognition, mm. my, 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 my lost? To my be a, a man mm. outstanding. Mm. 
we we must ask ourselves what is constructing my own cage yeah so this Bro, man got in there and he could not get out the lost trapped him mm. and we see that in james chapter one from verse 13. it starts with lost almost harmless just like passion yeah very strong mm. but when it is uh, conceived it becomes sin mm. then when that sin grows mm. up it becomes death. death now the problem is that in the place of death there is no remedy except the lord helps a man mm. in this case he had come to a point of backsliding which we see in romans i mean in in, in hebrews chapter 10 called perdition yeah. there are two levels of backsliding there is a backsliding in which there is a place of repentance found then there is a backsliding in which a person becomes a son of perdition, perdition yeah. and we see that in luke chapter 22 in verse 3 the bible says that satan entered into the heart of judas yes I, i'm praying tonight that none of us will trivialize backsliding amen that ever so slightly when we deviate from following the lord on the narrow way mm. in this journey to the celestial city we will not trivialize any element of backsliding we will not accommodate mm. any workings of lust and pretend that it is not there that is not for there. that loss though it may be tiny when it is fully conceived mm. it will become sin mm. and when sin has grown up it will become death mm. so this man was almost in a state of death and if you listen carefully to him you'll be hearing the voice of judas if you listen carefully to him oh, yes. you'll be hearing the voice of esau mm -hmm. these were men for whom the place of repentance was never found was never found uh, but will you travel that far will i travel that far because the work of discipleship is not where we point fingers at other people rather oh, yeah. we point fingers <laughs> back to ourselves absolutely. as we gaze into the perfect law of liberty absolutely and like christian i'm asking myself where am i now mm. am i something now that i was never before mm. or have i forgotten who i was that mm -hmm. i've become something else mm -hmm. see all the things he gathered around him they were the things that eventually betrayed him it was francis thompson in his book hounds of heaven he said everything betrays thee that betrays me once you betray your master mm. every other thing you have gathered mm. will betray you and alas this man became a man of perdition so tonight is just a place of prayer for me exactly that I, may, may i never be that professor yeah. who is no longer a doer of the world exactly. may i never be a backslider who is now so full of his own ways mm. that he can no longer travel with jesus may i not become a man whose lusts have erected his own iron cage mm. exactly. may i never become that man who has mm. followed another path and is now walking in darkness the description of his place was that it was a dark room and in an iron cage where is darkness except when we have ceased following the lord yeah the bible says it that follows me shall not walk in darkness i am the light of the world oh yes when did i stop following and i began to follow my own way so tonight mm. is just a place of prayer mm. to be honest exactly That's exactly sin is crouching at the door it desires to have you but you must you must rule over it you must rise to the occasion and not let it master you uh, that warning from Genesis 4 7. We also have this comment from WhatsApp. Uh, thank you, sis, for joining us. She has written here saying, A man who had gotten that far is obviously a man of honor, that is, a man of God, or you and I, that fell by the wayside due to loss and cares of life. He fell 
As Christians, we are faced with worldly desires, and that's why we can't relax. We need to watch and pray. The journey is a battle we Christians should take extremely seriously. Thank you, sis, uh, for joining us. And that's very important. It says the journey, dog, that's exactly what you have said. The journey is a battle we Christians should take extremely seriously. There's no trivializing sin. Uh, there's no trivializing sin. Uh, if you start uh, as sin, then it, it, it seeks to, it, seeks, it, it desires to have you. That's what, uh, that's the warning in Genesis 4 7. It desires to have you. You must rule over it, otherwise, then it will mature to death. And then, and I love the way you constructed it, that in the end, it is not the Lord who has, who has really shot one out. It is that person whose sin has become the prison, you know, for him. And that is that is what we should all guard against. And as you have rightly mentioned, it, it should be uh, a prayer point. Really. Right. Okay. Thank you very much. Please keep sending in your reactions. Let's go to the final one. And Doc will lead that one as well. And that will lead us to our closing hymn. And our closing hymn today is... Has anybody checked our closing hymn today? Is I need thee every hour. I need thee every hour, which is a prayer. And and, and I think, that, I think that, that's the note on which we must end. Okay, but I'll, can you re- read the final illustration now? So he took Christian by the hand again and led him into a room where there was a man rising out of bed. And as he put on his clothing, he shook and trembled. Then Christian asked, why does this man toss tremble? The interpreter then bid the man to tell Christian the reason for his trembling. So the trembling man began, this night, as I slept, I dreamed and behold, the heavens grew exceedingly black as it thundered and lightened in most in the in a most frightening way so that it so that it puts me into a fearful agony so i looked up in my dream and saw the clouds driven violently by the wind upon which i heard a loud blast of a trumpet and also a man sitting up upon a cloud attended with thousands of angelic and angelic beings all in flaming fires all the heavens were in a burning flame and i and i then heard a voice command arise you you who are dead and come to your judgment and with that the rocks chattered and the graves opened and the dead came forth some of them were exceedingly glad and looked up looked upward while others sought to hide themselves under the mountains. Then I saw that the man who sat upon the cloud opened the book and commanded all the people to draw near. Yet yet there was by by the reason of fierce flame, which issued out and, and came from before him, a distance between him and them, as between the judge and the prisoners at the bars. Then the man who sat on the cloud commanded the angelic beings, gather the tears and the tears, the shaft, and stumble together and cast them into the burning lake of fire. And with that, the bottom, the bottomless pit opened, just where I stood. Out of the mouth of the pit spewed forth grew billows of smoke and coals of fire, along with hideous noises. The angelic beings were then commanded, gather my wheat into the barn. And with that, I saw many caught up and carried away into the clouds, but was left behind. I then sought to hide myself, 
but I could not. For the man who sat upon the cloud fixed his eyes upon me. My sins then came, my sins then came to mind, and my conscience accused me on every side. At this I awakened from my sleep. Christian there asked, What was it which made you afraid? Which made you so afraid of this sight? The trembling, the trembling man replied, Why I thought that the day of judgment had come and that I was not ready for it. But what frightened me the most was the angels was that the angels gathered upon several people near me and left me behind. Then the pit of hell opened in opened its mouth just where I stood. My conscience too afflicted me. And as I and as I stood there, the judge continually kept his eyes upon me with a look of angry disapproval on his face. Then the interpreter said to Christian, Have you considered all these things? Yes, replied Christian, and they caused me to both hope and fear. Then, said the interpreter, keep all these things in your mind so that they may spoil you forward in the way you must go. Thank you very much. That is seventh illustration, Doc. They caused me to both hope and fear. Mm. Praise God for that uh, insight mm. from Christian. Mm. And that is the crux of the Christian journey. It is a journey of unending hope and relentless fear. Yeah. Now, not the fear of the coward, but the fear of the holy. Yeah. That we fear the Lord because we know who he is. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11, knowing the terror of God mm. will persuade me. Now, this God that we serve is a God of mercy, but also a God of justice. justice. Mm. A God of grace, but also a God of judgment. The point I need to make first and foremost is that in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, the Bible says, for we all, shall stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give account of those things that we did our, in our bodies, whether it be good or bad. Brother Shion was talking about the fallacious preaching, preaching of hypergrace, mm. where people talk about grace as if it were purposeless, mm. and that once you are saved on day one, you are completely and forever saved, and it does not matter what happens between now mm. and the day of judgment. Oh, what an error. Mm -hmm. The Bible says we shall give account of the things that we shall do in our bodies, whether they be good or bad. or bad. Now, who shall we give account to? We shall give account to a God who is terrible. Mm. A God who is a consuming fire, yet a God of infinite love. So it is one that fills us with both hope and, and fear. fear. Now, what is the place of fear? Our sister was sharing with us from that Philippians chapter 2, verse 12b. She said, walk out your salvation with, with fear, fear and, and trembling. Mm -hmm. Permit me tonight to just deal with the two words, fear and trembling. What does it mean to walk out your salvation with fear? We see that in Proverbs chapter 8. I'm sorry that I'm taking time, but I will not take too much time. Proverbs chapter 8 explains the meaning of fear. In Proverbs 8, 13, the Bible says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Mm. 
pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. Now, that in itself is the explanation of godly fear. That is, you hate evil. What exactly is evil? That which is sponsored against God and the crux of evil is what self can mobilize. So a man who fears is a man who negates him, it's, himself, who truly denies himself and does not permit the natural tendencies of his natural life. Now, what does trembling mean? And we see that in Isaiah chapter 66, verse 2. So that people do not think that we are working anything out by our power. Mm -hmm. Isaiah chapter 66, verse 2. For all those things have my hand made, and all those things have been, said the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. Mm -hmm. Now that trembling must be a trembling not of the not of the dejected and the rejected, but the trembling at the word, the release of our being to obedience, the release of ourselves to the leading of grace, because grace is the word. The mm -hmm. word is the truth. The truth is Jesus. The release of ourselves to Him, the trembling before His presence, completely surrendered. That is what it means to watch, work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And then verse 13 of that Philippians now explains how it will be done. He says, for it is God who works in us. Amazing. Exactly. I tell you. So when we look at that other mm -hmm. illustration of him pouring the oil into the fire into so the that fire. the water we have no power. Yeah. We have no power. It is actually God mm -hmm. who is working. working in us. He may be behind the wall. Mm -hmm. We might not see him, but it is not us. Many times we think we are the people seeking God. I, I hate to bust your bubble. Mm -hmm. It has always been God seeking you. Hallelujah. First Amen. John chapter 4 tells us in verse 16, he says, we loved him. We love him because, because he first he loved, loved, loved us. us. Mm -hmm. So he's more interested in bringing us to the celestial city than we, we are interested in getting there. In getting there. Oh, yes. Where it's investment. And we do everything to make sure that that investment does not waste. Mm. But the only person who can get the investment to waste is the man himself. Mm. And that was mm. why the Christian trembled. And that is why you and I tonight, must we must tremble. Oh, yes. So finally, how does a man find himself by the grace of Jesus prepared for that final day of judgment. And we see that in Matthew chapter 25. I will tell us the story because of the time. I will not read. The story of the 10 virgins is the story that depicts the difference between preparation mm. and readiness. Mm. My prayer for you and myself is that we shall not only be prepared, we shall mm. be ready. Oh, yes. Now Amen. the man here, the Christian, was saying that the day of judgment came and I feared that I was not ready. Mm -hmm. How does a man prepare? A man must be a virgin, that is, separated from the world, holy, mm -hmm. given to Jesus, belonging to him. Yeah. But what else does a man need? Oil in the lamp. Mm -hmm. Now, when a man trivializes his work with God, because the oil in the lamp is your work with God, yeah. the instrumentality of the Holy Spirit, when a man trivializes that, then a man may be prepared 
But alas, on the most vital day, that man may not be ready. And some argue that it is only the preparation that matters. Oh, if only it were true. Then all the virgins would have been wise. Mm -hmm. All the virgins were virgins. They were all prepared. All the virgins had lamps. They were all prepared. All the virgins had oil in measure. They were all prepared. But alas, only five of them had the extra oil. The Bible says in Matthew 24, verse 30, that he that endures to the end shall be saved. There is the oil that takes you to that extra mile where you endure to the very end. And it is a constant work with the Holy Spirit. It is not one in which you may not fall and rise. Oh, brother, are you falling and rising? Never leave the hands of the Spirit. He is going to help you. Are you feeling weak sometimes? His grace will be sufficient for you. Are you even bound now by sin? I guarantee you that that oil is called grace. Mm. He says where sin abounds, grace their grace abounds much more. more. But where a man says, it doesn't really matter. I will allow the little foxes that mm. spoil the vine to gain access to the vineyard. Mm. Then a man may be prepared, but a man may not be ready. So mm. those, those virgins, they went out to look for oil. But at last, by the time they came back, the door was shut against them. They were prepared, but alas, they, weren't ready. they were not ready. My prayer for us is that we shall walk daily with the Lord, Amen. regardless of the challenges and the troubles on that uneasy way. May our hands be firmly in the hands of the Spirit. And may we not only be prepared, but be ready, so that when the trumpet shall sound, we shall truly be changed. Amen. I pray the Lord be help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much. So Christian began to prepare himself to continue on his journey. Then the, the, the interpreter declared, May the comforter always be with you, good Christian, to guide you in the way that leads to the celestial city. So Christian went on on his way, saying, I have seen rare and profitable things here, pleasant things and dreadful things. May I think on them and remember the lesson they taught me. I'm thankful Oh, good interpreter to you. And I think that's the note on, on which we must end. We ourselves must thank the Holy Spirit for bringing us here. Uh, we apologize for keeping us for this long. This is a very lengthy chapter, but it is worthwhile. And thank God that he has led us to the very end on this note. And that's what we should be saying to the Holy Spirit, saying, Holy Spirit, today we have seen rare and profitable things, pleasant things and dreadful things. May we think on them and remember the lessons we have been taught. Thank you, Holy Spirit, and thank you all for joining us today. Let's pray together, singing I Need Thee Every Heart. Tomorrow's text is very short, just one page, the cross. Tomorrow, Christian arrives at the foot of the cross, and that's another beautiful passage, very short, but one on which we must, uh, we must truly reflect. We're going, to say, we're going to sing I Need Thee Every Heart now, and I'm going to ask uh, Grandma Shogawa to say the closing prayer, please. Uh, so be ready to unmute then. I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord.
Closing prayer, my grandma is. Lord, we just want to thank you tonight. Thank you, Lord. We really want to thank you because you have shown us our desperate need for you yes. more than ever before. Yes. More than ever before. Yes. So we thank you because you are always available. Mm-hmm. You don't leave us to our own devices. We thank you for all whom you have used, oh Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Open our hearts and our ears 
and our eyes to see ourselves as we we truly are both for your grace we need you lord yes lord we need you very desperately yes come to us what we have heard lord may it truly germinate in our hearts amen and may oh lord bear fruit right now i believe that all of us are sober mm-hmm. Having seen the ugliness, oh, we thank you for your beauty. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you give us new hearts, refresh our hearts, oh God, yeah. and teach us afresh. Yeah. Thank you for your patience. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for grace. Father, we will not leave this place afraid. You take comfort, oh Lord God the knowledge that you are there for us, you will not abandon us. Mm-hmm. You will remain with us even to the end. Oh, yes. Whatever it is, we will do. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. That we will no longer be rebellious. Amen. That we will be loving, Amen. obedient children. Amen. And you will take us safely home by the same grace mm-hmm. by which you saved us. Oh, yes. We bless you, Lord, and we thank you. Thank you, Lord. If you want us to Space now, we thank you for restful sleep, and we pray that when we shall wake in the morning, we shall be glad that we have been with you these two hours, yes, Lord. and that you have brought us to a new day to begin a new journey with you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you also very much. God bless you, and may the grace of God abide with us all. In Jesus' name. Amen. See you tomorrow. Please make time. God bless you. Really good. Thank you, everyone. God bless you. God bless you.
And that same grace lead me home. will lead me home. And when we listening to gospelbellsradio.com the christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of christ keep listening and invite others too god bless you engaging the culture with the mind of christ engaging the culture with the mind of christ Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ.